Welcome back, besties. Casey is absent from this podcast, but I do have a lovely co-host. Hi, besties. My name is Emily, and I work here at Mindsight and for the consulting firm. And Emily has been able to witness Casey's writing process of her book, Fix This Next, as well as In Search of You. Tell me a little bit about the difference between watching Casey write Fix This Next, which is a business book, versus In Search of You. Yeah, it was a really, really big difference, actually. So with Fix This Next, it was almost like plug and play, right? There was a certain aspect of it that was easy because we were, you know, kind of following in Mike's footsteps. So it was really like, okay, he's already kind of laid out the framework for this. So then we're just going to come in and apply it for healthcare providers. So it was really easy to kind of write those foundational chapters and then just to come up with stories from our own experience in the consulting world to kind of fill in those gaps. So it was really like we made an outline and we just started kind of chunking information into it. And the whole thing was written in, gosh, maybe like three months. I mean, it really wasn't a process at all. A huge difference to move to In Search of You where it felt like every single story was like mining something like deep emotionally in her. Like some days she could only write a couple paragraphs because it was so intense. Yeah, big difference. I remember there was like points in times where she'd hand you like a chapter and you'd be like, oh, not again. Oh, not again. <laughs> I have to go. My eyes get big. Like, yeah. oh, no. <laughs> yeah. But I think the coolest thing, and we both have known Casey for years now, who Casey was when she wrote Fix This Next is definitely a different version of her when she wrote In Search of You. Hi, I'm Casey, and right here beside me is Kelsey. We are licensed professional counselors, mothers, entrepreneurs, oh, and besties. We know firsthand what it's like to wake up one day and think, how in the heck did I wind up here? Through our own journeys of self-discovery, we found that joy is something that has to be pursued through internal work. Now we are on a mission to help women from all walks of life understand themselves more so they can have real lasting joy. Join us every Thursday to hear fun and insightful interviews with experts who can point you toward self-discovery and fulfillment. I think a business book is very, comes very natural to Casey. And so writing a book about self-love was like she had to dig to all sorts of depths. Mm -hmm. What are some of the things that you noticed in Casey throughout this writing process of In Search of You? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing is that she's just kind of softer as a person. As she's gone kind of on this journey, like I feel like she went from kind of like this hard ass, like all about the numbers. And so now I'm kind of seeing the shift into her being a more like softer person, like just kind of softer in how she approaches different situations, softer in how she deals with like her kids. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I think it was cool to watch and read her therapy journey because like you could see the moments in time where she was and she writes about this in her book, going to therapy and just those different moments where it like softened her or helped her understand why she is quick to respond to certain things. Yeah. Yeah, I can definitely see that. And I definitely could see like as it was happening, like those shifts, like yeah. when the light bulb would come on and she'd be like, oh, oh, OK. And like start writing. Uh-huh. And a lot of it had to do with business, right? Like, I think initially she went in going, I don't really know what I want to write about. Maybe I'll just start with a business book. And then she started, when she started doing her internal work, realized that how she runs her practice has a lot to do with some of the things that she's never healed, which I don't know if you witnessed that, but I definitely did. Yeah. So a lot of people don't know that we'd actually like written a huge chunk of this other book all about systems. 
before she kind of transitioned into writing like more of her own therapy journey. And it was going to be something like kind of the same deal as Fix the Snacks, where like we know these concepts, we've tested these concepts. It's really just going to be plug and play. But she kept going back to like the personal, right? Like, and I think at the time she was calling it same girl, same. Yeah, same girl, same. Yeah. So she was like just writing all these personal anecdotes. And she's like, I don't know where this is going yet. I don't know what's going to come out of it. But I feel like I need to write this stuff down. I need to remember and I need to like kind of dig that piece of myself up. Yeah, I think back at all the little tiny stories that she started to write when she was like in her writing group and all those things. And I'm thinking this book is not definitely not what she force, yeah. foreseen happening. Yeah, absolutely. We wrote, gosh, I mean, so, so many like little anecdotes from her childhood or from when she was a teenager. And we actually didn't end up using a whole lot of those like, yeah. in the actual finished project, which was kind of sad. Like there were some really like gold nuggets in there that I really liked. What is your favorite little snippet from Casey's book? You've read it so many times, <laughs> just about like me. Um, is there a little snippet that you really pull to or that you're like, wow, that's like a big thing? So there's two. I'll give you one that didn't make it in first. And it's the story of her running through a cornfield, trying to get to this hollow tree where she and a neighborhood boy would like leave gifts and stuff for each other. Mm -hmm. If I remember correctly, she said that guy is now in prison. And I was like, oh my gosh, like this, this has so many layers. Like I want to dig into this story. Yeah. Like let's write a whole book about this. See, I don't even know about that story. I'm going to have to pull her on here and ask about the running through a corn maze to a hollow tree. The other story that I really like, and I don't even know, honestly, I couldn't even tell you why I really like it, but it's the story about her painting the alligator. Mm. And just like she's thinking about things, she's ruminating about how her life has changed and like how her perspective has shifted. And I just, I feel like there's a piece of it that's really like lyrical and poetic that I just really love. Yeah. She didn't let me read that chapter yet. She's told me bits and pieces, but she will not let me read that. But I definitely have an idea of what the alligator symbolizes. So why do you think that you like those so much? Obviously, the running through a cornfield to a hollow tree. I get that part. I'm about to pull her in right now and be like, can you tell us a story, please? Story. No, I love I love the mystery in that. Like, honestly, that feels like the start of a fiction book, right? Like, a, yeah. whole, a whole story loop in my brain. I can just kind of imagine, like, how it could spin off. So I think that's really, like, the thing that I really love about that story. And then for the alligator, like, I don't know. Like, she really just kind of hit something, I think, in the voice of it. Like I said, it's really really poetic like how she's talking about things and like how she's kind of circling around like different thoughts in her head and getting ready for this book launch what do you see different i see a lot of differences in case you <laughs> in this book launch compared to the other ones are there things that you're noticing or maybe i think she has a little bit more sense of urgency about her about this book yeah i mean we definitely have like a different team in place now um so i feel like there's definitely like more going into it yeah yeah, I think there's definitely a sense of urgency and a sense of, like, it's so much more personal this time yeah. around. I can make the assumption that because she poured so much emotion into this book that she is putting so much work into the book launch in general because there are so many emotions. I tell her all the time that we will meet people, whether it's in the business world or just in a personal world, and I'll say, you wrote that book for them. I'm just going to tell you. They don't know it yet, but you wrote that book for them. Because I think it speaks to so many different people and I'll hear themes from Casey's book and what people are saying, whether it's they're over-functioning or they have a problem with self-love, stuff like that. Yeah. And I feel like we encounter that kind of situation like all the time in consulting. Uh -huh. Like people will get on and they'll say, 
hey, my business has taken over my life. I don't know who I am anymore. I don't even have time to think about who I am anymore because I'm so overwhelmed. It's toxic and I don't know what to do. That's kind of all going back to the root of self-love and like, who am I apart from my business or my kids? How do you think this book has shaped you and Casey to be better consultants? Yeah. So I feel like that emotional piece of it, like that empathy Mm -hmm. has really grown like in the past year, like as we've been kind of working through all of these themes and like trying to like manage them on a conscious level. And then also like having been confronted by so many of those people in the business who like Mm -hmm. definitely need this. Well, and it's like the behind the work scenes and the consulting side that you're not just helping them with their business. You're actually helping them with themselves in a lot of ways. Are you tired of running to the lobby to see if your next appointment has arrived? Would you like a more discreet, stress-free way for your clients to check in? Take a deep breath. The receptionist for iPad empowers your practice to create a zen-like check-in experience. This episode is sponsored by the receptionist for iPad. It's the highest rated digital check-in software for therapy and behavioral health offices used by thousands of practitioners across the country. The Receptionist for iPad is a simple, inexpensive way to allow your clients to discreetly check in, to notify providers of a patient's arrival, and to ensure your front lobby is stress-free. The software sends an immediate notification to the therapist when a client checks in and can even ask if any patient information has changed since their last visit. Start a 14-day free trial of The Receptionist for iPad by going to thereceptionist.com slash besties. And when you do, you'll also get your first month free when you sign up. I'm trying to think of more questions that I have related to Casey. Casey's an Aquarius. Yeah. Favorite color is green. There you go. She likes to talk about hot dogs and As, as weird as you can get, like that's where she wants to be. I mean, there was processes in this book where Emily and Casey would be talking about chickens or... The fox, the stuffed fox. I mean, I was like, what are you all talking about? I get out of a session and walk in the room and they'd be talking about something random. I was like, are you putting this in the book or what are we doing here? Some of it made it in, some of it didn't. I think that was probably like the most fun to like this book being so personal. We really had to like dig into her past a little bit. So like we would have like long conversations like, Casey, tell me a story. Yeah, tell me a story. Where did that person end up? And like, that's kind of how we ended up formatting like the big things and the little things the way we did. I think one of the the most memorable things was like she was talking about her grandfather and how he taught her all this stuff and like how her love of systems kind of goes back to him. And I said, Casey, what what happened to him? Is he still living? And she's like, oh, no, well, she passed away. I was like, you're going to have to talk about that in the book. I think that there was parts in that book that we we played a, a crucial role into, like, prompting Casey to think harder about that because she probably came to you along the same time that her grandmother passed away and she got all of those things. And she was talking about my grandpa would write down, I don't remember what it was, a water well or <laughs> something like that, like. The yeah. degrees of some, I don't All know. the details and like the minutiae. Yeah, and very just systematic, such as Casey. And so the fact that she was having conversations with you regularly and we would kind of have to push like, 
think about that a little bit more and tell me what's actually going on. Yeah. I mean, it's really interesting, too, like hearing so much about her backstory. Like it kind of informs how I think about Kingsley as a person, Mm -hmm. like knowing like how much she got from her grandma of like that sort of spunkiness, like that desire to be the center of attention and to be kind of quirky and like march the beat of her own drum. And then on the other side is like her grandbrother, who's really like systems oriented, very detail oriented, like steady and calm and just yeah. like methodical it's it's fascinating yeah definitely also it i think it helps us in a way since we were on that journey it kind of helps us understand how casey responds to other people when she's like in a in a tizzy or very stressed out i'm like we know what's coming because history repeats itself <laughs> and you know she's she's gained a lot of self-awareness around the little things and the big things that have influenced her as a business owner, as a friend, as a parent, partner, all of those things. Let's talk about her fear of failure. How have you noticed that before the book and how have you noticed that after the book? And for listeners, Casey talks about her fear of failure regularly. She talks about it in the little things, the big things kind of that motivator, like she kept it close enough to her where it pushed her into owning businesses and everything. So yeah, yeah, I love this topic, actually. So one of the things that kind of came up as we were writing the book is she wanted to introduce the character of her ex-husband. Okay. And like having his voice in her head telling her like, you were wrong to leave. This is all going to come back on you. You're never going to amount to anything. You're a failure. And I asked her at one point, I was like, Casey, did he ever actually say any of that to you? Like, did he react like when when you and the most recent ex broke up? Like, was there a, a reckoning? Yeah. She was like, no, no, he never said anything. Like, I kind of built it up in my head, but it was never actually a thing. And I think like that was the point where she kind of came to the conclusion. Like, it wasn't actually him. That I was it was. Afraid of. Yeah. It was myself. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that was like a huge kind of like internal reckoning for her just like coming to that realization like oh i've really been kind of holding myself that worried about yeah who's yeah who's gonna think badly of me who's gonna say what or you know when that was a huge thing as she's kind of let go of the idea that somebody is out there judging her waiting for her to fail like she's become a little bit more bold and a little bit freer I can't imagine, I think we all do that on some kind of scale as we put something in our head and we make this narrative of ourselves that other people believe or they've made us feel that way. But really, it's those things that we're running from inside of us that have created this narrative. Maybe we can do a podcast in the future about that because we're all scared of failure. I mean, I, I maybe there's somebody out there that is not scared of failure, but I think we all are. And so when something bad happens, we think it's because of us. Or it's because, you know, X, Y, and Z, or we think other people are saying that about us when really they probably aren't. Yeah, exactly. And I think once you let go of that, like it opens up a whole new world of possibility. A lot of you probably don't know yet, but we've actually opened a paint your own pottery studio in the last month. And that idea came on like so quick. It was like one minute it did not exist. And then the next minute, Casey was like, oh, by the way, we're doing this. And now we're opening today. We're opening today. Yeah, it's our great opening as we're recording this. And I think like this goes back to what you were saying with that fear of failure. And I think once we let go of that, it opens up so many possibilities. And I think for Casey, like opening this new business was a different experience for her than like any launch or venture that we've done in the past, just because it was so like 
we're doing it. It brings me joy. I want to do it. Let's do it. And like it mm-hmm. was done and the decision was made. And she seemed so enthusiastic and kind of like carefree yeah. about it. Yeah. <laughs> Even though it was a lot of work. Well, in that fear of failure, too, it keeps you from doing things that you enjoy or that bring you joy. And I think this was the opportunity for her to be like, you know what? I'm not scared to fail. Even if it fails, I'll be okay. Uh, I'm going to open a business and people are going to paint their own pottery and they're going to love it. Yes. And she had so much confidence. Like, if I build it, they will come. They will come. It was really fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But I know she's been super excited about it. It has been one of the more less stressful. I know she has stress around, like, opening something. But putting it together and and fronting the money, that has been, like, a breeze for her. Yeah. It seemed like a real work of joy. Like... She has like a propagation station so she can have all of her plants. Uh-huh. <laughs> She's like putting together all these like cheeky gift shoppy kind of things. Um, and it seems like it's brought her like a ton of joy. Well, and it's kind of cool because it brings in pieces of her. She wrote about them in the book, like pieces of her when she owned her own boutique and failed at that or she struggled and thought she was going to fail. Plants, that was something through her divorce that she brought to light. Art, that will come through in the book as well. And this, the hip kiln, the paint your own pottery place, that actually brings light to all of those things that brought her joy, little bits of joy throughout our past. So that's kind of cool to think about that. It's kind of come full circle. Yeah, full circle. So hopefully readers and listeners, Casey's new book will be insightful for you and it will all come full circle. If you read it, you get a copy. Emily, do you have any final words? Yes, you can definitely pre-order the book now. It's out on Amazon or Barnes & Noble or wherever books are sold. In Search of You by Casey Compton, folks. Okay. Well, we will talk to you later, besties, and hope you're enjoying your week. Bye, besties. If you're enjoying our podcast and would like to hear more from us, leave us a review wherever you get your podcast so we can keep making great content. Talk to you later, besties.